Today's scripture comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered, because each one heard them speaking in the native tongue of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who were speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed and said to one another, What does this mean? Others simply sneered and said they are filled with new wine. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. It's a joy for me to have family here with me today. I'm going to let them wave their hands. But I have my Aunt Evie and my cousin Robin and her husband Hines. And I'm just going to apologize to Hines in advance because I'm about to attempt to speak German. So um, here goes. Sprechen die Deutsch? Did I do okay? I did good. Yay. Parlez-vous français? Si, si. Habla espanol. See, y'all are well educated. I sat in the middle of an airport on my way to both Israel and the Philippines and had people all around me speaking languages that I did not know. And I began to feel very small and very minute in the grand scheme of things. And I began to wonder what the conversations were about. Language is something that can totally buffalo us and tongue-tie us in a myriad of ways. We're going to talk about a few of those today. I can remember when I was about five years old, my family moved to Gordon County in northwest Georgia, and for those who know, that's Calhoun is the county seat, C-A-L-H-O-U-N. Well, to this five-year-old who was from Fayetteville, I heard Calhoun, C-O-W-H-O-O-N, So that was what my pictures had on it. When I was in the Philippines, we gathered for worship on the last night there, and they were so excited because they were going to sing O-Fats to us. And they said, you know O-Fats? And we said, we don't know anything about a song called O-Fats. It was O for a thousand tongues to sing. (laughs) Do the letters. I have a friend who is from the north, and when he moved to the south, 
He got very tickled when people began to ask him if he would carry them to the store. He said, I'll drive you. I don't think I'll carry you, but I will drive you. If you're from, okay, and I've heard different pronunciations. There's Coweta and there's Coweta. Coweta. Okay, y'all are in consensus with the 830 service. There are people in the South who pronounce Buena Vista, Buena Vista. I've heard Opelika pronounced Opelika. And Houston County is actually Houston County. We all have our regional language. On a YouTube video I was watching this week in preparation, I began to watch one that said how Yankees will interpret Southern terms. I loved this one. The consensus on Piddle was that it was a cross between a pit bull and a poodle. Not just relaxing and kind of being leisurely. Cattywampus was considered the name for a hippo. And that dog won't hunt just simply was met with head shakes when they realized what it meant. It's been said that I know you believe you understand what you think I said, but I'm sure that what you think I said is not actually what I meant. We can get confused really, really quickly. When I am in those situations and I'm confused and I don't know quite what words to say, I often find myself tongue-tied. This was a a big joke in my house growing up. Whenever we would get tongue-tied, Dad would immediately point his finger and go, Cat's got your tongue. Anybody heard that? No? (laughs) That's okay. You will now. We, We find ourselves amazed, astounded, dumbfounded. We find ourselves rendered silent at times when we stand in the face of something we don't quite know how to react to. We find ourselves confused and much like the people did after the Tower of Babel. In Genesis, the people um, had gathered and this was following Noah's flood and, and the time when God had promised not to condemn the world again through a flood and And he promised through the sign of the rainbow and the goodness of God was shown and yet man's sinful nature simply emerged right again as he decided he could save himself and build a tower to heaven that he could get there on his own without God. But their efforts were squandered when they were scattered by languages and they could no longer understand one another. They had to work harder to hear one another, and they had to work harder to hear God. Pentecost reverses all of that. And the Spirit descends on that house in Pentecost, and it lays tongues on these Galileans, and it opens up avenues for the gospel to be spread. And instead of being a people who is out to serve themselves and full of their own spirits, we begin to see a people who is filled with the Spirit of God and eager to go out and share that word and share the Spirit himself. Later in Acts chapter 2, we read that, that the preaching that day 
said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Later in verse 44, it said that all the believers were together, and they had everything in common. That's a great level of understanding. Led by the Spirit, throughout Acts, we see many times when the Spirit leads to understanding. Philip meets an Ethiopian eunuch along a roadside when the Spirit leads him to pull up next to the chariot. The Ethiopian is reading from the book of Isaiah, and Philip very quietly says, Do you understand what you are reading? And he says, No, I don't. And Philip takes the opportunity to meet this man where he is and to go to him and to talk through the scripture and tell him what it means. To tell him what it means that that there will be prophesying and preaching and the sharing of God's word. That there will be dreaming and dreaming visions that God has given. And each walk away richer. Cornelius and Peter have an encounter that that eventually leads to the Holy Spirit falling on them, and Gentiles are then brought the word. We've seen the Jews receive the word at Pentecost, and it spreads to the Gentiles. Baptisms, and their, their group grows day by day in number. There's an author and a Sunday school director in Austin, Texas, by the name of Alyssa Beletich. And she has written about her love for languages. And one of the things that just she loves to teach in the church is about Pentecost. And these are her words. Pentecost is the most fascinating feast in terms of language for the apostles gather there in the upper room with one accord and in one place. And God sends down the Holy Spirit and the tongues of fire come upon them. And suddenly language is no longer a barrier. Everyone understands each other. The Tower of Babel reverses. The Holy Spirit makes all language into one language, paving the way for the gospel to spread faster. Humans have limitations, little languages that work with people from our own regions, but we can't speak to each other across cultures and in distant lands. And even when we do speak the same language, we still suffer from misunderstandings and confusion. Our language is so limited, our ability to express ourselves so poor that only the Holy Spirit can help us communicate and connect with one another. Language fails us all the time, but the Holy Spirit opens our hearts and allows the message to get through anyway. This is the most visible on Pentecost when the apostles speak so that everyone around them understands. And language stops being a limit and finally functions to unite us in common understanding. She gets it. You may have had an encounter with the Holy Spirit with someone who may or may not speak your language I was in an airport in Durham, North Carolina last fall. 
um, when I received a call from my friend Kathy North. And Kathy had been a local pastor for a while. She was not serving at the time. She had started attending here. And she called me and she said, do you know about your Aunt Barbara? And I said, no. And she said, oh, no, I thought word would have gotten to you. She's passed. Well, there I sat in the middle of this airport in North Carolina. I was tired from the seminar I had been to, and I began to weep. And I couldn't catch my breath. And there was a lady there, and I will never forget her. I could not tell you what language she speaks or what country she comes from. But she came to me with a package of pink My Little Pony tissues. I still have those. She began to speak to me and she began to tell me something. And I don't know what she said. But then she grabbed my hands and she prayed. I didn't need to know what language she was speaking from her mouth to understand the language that came from her heart. The Spirit brings comfort in ways that we simply can't imagine. In Luke's Gospel, Jesus tells his disciples that when they, when they bring you to the synagogues, the magistrates, the authorities, don't worry about how you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. The Spirit knows exactly what we need to hear exactly where we need to be met and exactly where we are broken. It is a truly remarkable thing, one that has left me tongue-tied at the awesomeness of God, and I find myself speechless many times. Perhaps it's a song on the radio, perhaps it's the words of a friend or a caregiver, but the Holy Spirit has a way of breaking in of speaking in a language that you can understand whether you both know the same words or not. There's another way that's more important, though, in which we are tongue-tied at Pentecost. We sing the hymn, Blessed Be the Ties That Bind. It is those tongues of fire tie us together in a three-strand cord. And that strand can't be broken when God is part of it. Pope Francis, just five days ago at the Mass at Casa Santa Marta, called upon the faithful to look into their hearts, to open themselves to the Holy Spirit and let their lives be shaken up. To not be afraid of what the Spirit will do to seek understanding by petitioning God and inviting the Holy Spirit into their life. We've seen this in scripture. Nicodemus would meet Jesus in the dark of night and ask simply, how can one be born again? You can't enter your mother's womb again. And Jesus spoke words of understanding. You'd be born of water and the Spirit Nicodemus would walk away changed. For the woman who bled for 12 years, it didn't take any words for her to understand that Christ would be the one who could heal. For the Samaritan on the roadside, 
It didn't take language to render aid, to minister to a person who was hurt and healing. Let yourself be shaken up by the Holy Spirit. As Pope Francis urged, let the Holy Spirit guide you on the path of life and everyday life. Ask him to help you not only distinguish good from evil, but good from less good, so that you have the best, the best is what he wants for you. Let him break in. At Pentecost, we find a uniting that is uncommon. We often live in a world that's no, that, that resembles the Tower of Babel, where there's confusion and there's distance and we don't get each other. And everybody's kind of out for himself. But Pentecost, Pentecost allows the Holy Spirit to come, to tie our tongues together in a way that the gospel is proclaimed, to give each other hope, a common faith, a godly vision. The church will grow when we have that. The Holy Spirit knows what we need to hear. The fire of the Spirit that day transforms us. Just as we are transformed when we come to this table. I want to use an invitation that Pope Francis used from the Apostle John in Revelation. It's a letter to the seven churches to listen to the Holy Spirit. These are the words that Pope Francis offered considering that address to the seven churches. Let us, too, ask for the grace of being able to hear what the Spirit says to our church, to our community, to our parish, to our family, and for the grace to learn the language with which to understand. When you are tongue-tied in the face of something that astonishes you, an earthquake, a natural disaster, death, disease, cancer, when you simply don't have words, when you are tongue-tied by the awesomeness of God and his mighty deeds of power and you simply stand speechless because there are no words that we can ever profess that would adequately praise him. And when you stand tongue-tied as a believer in Christ united with the body, know that the Spirit is with you. Know that Pentecost can happen to you any day when that Holy Spirit just reaches down and breaks into your life and it's a marvelous and wonderful thing. You will walk away changed Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We seek your grace. We seek your presence. We seek your spirit so that we might understand one another. We come seeking you through words that, though they may escape us at the time, we trust your Holy Spirit to to give us to speak, place those words on the tips of our tongues, 
Tie us together through your spirit and allow us to be your church. Amen.